Have you been feeling lonely lately? Uh, wait till you hear what they're saying is the perfect solution. It's a teddy bear, and either this will be your emotional support bear, a dream come true, or your worst nightmare. <laughs> it's a five foot seven tall bear, and it's shaped like a human. With five fingers on each hand, but it's got a teddy bear head. <laughs> a site called PuffyBear.com is selling them for 160 bucks, and they claim the body pillow significantly reduces the feeling of loneliness. Uh, it comes with bear fur, yeah. so you can dress him in whatever clothing you want. He can be in pajamas, he could be in jeans and a t-shirt, whatever you want. And my opinion is if you're attempted to get this emotional support bear, if you're like at that point in your life, like I'm so lonely, I need this bear, get a dog. (laughs) They're so much more fun. Well, get the, an emotional support the dog. Bear may scare you so much. You're like, you know what? Being alone's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is there a Christmas movie that you're sure to watch every single year coming up? You can own a piece of this one. Is there a Christmas movie you watch every single year? Well, you can own a piece of this one. The childhood home of Ralphie from A Christmas Story is on sale in Cleveland. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. (laughs) The the owner paid $150,000 for it back in 2004 when he bought it off eBay. I was going to say, I seem to remember it being for sale like recently. Yeah, 2004. I I was like, what? This is new? I thought it was already up for sale. TripAdvisor says it's one of the top things to do in Cleveland. The home is open every day to tourists and even has a gift shop. It's five buildings on more than an acre. The museum is full of costumes and props from the movie and more. There's even a 1939 Ford LaFrance fire truck that was in the movie. No word on the list price yet. And Kev, I triple dog dare you to put an offer in on the home. (laughs) With as inflated as real estate prices have been in the last (laughs) couple of years, is it the right time to try to buy the Christmas Story house? I would love to know if the person who's selling it is going to reveal the spreadsheets, the revenue that they get from tourism, because mm-hmm. that would go into your decision on what, how what much if you to want pay. To buy what if you want to live there? What if you're like, oh, you know what? I'm shutting down the touristy side of it. I just want to live here. You could do that. People would be sad, I'm sure. <laughs> but you could, and you'd still have onlookers. Oh yeah, people would like, drop by all the time. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Especially if you kept the leg lamp in the front window, like right, it is. Right. So the Christmas Story House is up for sale. Wow. I wonder how much it will go for. All right, here's a, here's a good question. Think of all the great Christmas movies, right? There are tons of them. What would you like? What piece of memorabilia would you like to have from a Christmas movie? Like if they, if someone came hmm. to you and said, "You can have anything from a Christmas story," what would you want? Buddy's yellow tights. Okay, no, nobody wants. <laughs> nobody wants those. No one okay. wants okay. those. Bad example. Bad example. Rewind that. That was a bad example. <laughs> but think about it. what kind of memorabilia from your favorite Christmas movie would you want to have? Hey, Priscilla, we're talking about in in a dream, a big dream. You could have a piece of memorabilia from your favorite Christmas movie. What would it be? The house from Home Alone. <laughs> Chicago suburbs, isn't it worth like worth like two point five million? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a like nice, that. nice piece of real estate there. Now, would you like it in perfect condition or in the condition after Kevin battles the burglars? Oh, I don't. That's a good question. Probably pre burglary. <laughs> and <laughs> and if you did get the house first night in the house, 
Would you be tempted to get a sled and go down the steps? A hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> Deb, if you could have a piece of memorabilia from your favorite Christmas movie, what would it be? It would be from White Christmas at the end when they're singing the song White Christmas and Bing Crosby goes behind the Christmas tree and unwraps the present and it is a carousel horse. Oh, that'd be cool to have. Yeah. You know what I would want? I would I would want uh, the, the real action figure Hermie from uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, oh, yeah. I want to be oh. a dentist. Yes. I, I liked Hermie I a lot. I think we can make that happen. Oh, no, you want the I want the, the real doll. one. Right, oh, okay. right. I, I identify say, with Hermie. I mean, he was a rebel. Like. He was like, you're not going to pigeonhole me. I, I've, I've got other plans. I don't want to be an elf. I want to be a dentist. I mean, he's a rebel, right? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, so I love Hermie. I love him. That, that's what I would want. Taylor, what would you want? I think I would want one of those giant Frosties from Christmas with the Cranks that you're required to put on your roof. And I would just annoy oh, my HOA. Oh, we would HOA. need a video of you putting him on the roof. <laughs> right, hopefully it's a windy day. <laughs> Are you striving to be a better parent? Here's some parenting advice from an educator that you can apply to your own kids. Number one, carve out one-on-one time with your children every day. Just 10 to 15 minutes makes all the difference in the world. Number two, put a lot of decisions in your kids' hands, like what to pack for lunch, what to wear. Uh, It'll give them a sense of power and control, which will lead to fewer arguments about the bigger stuff. Number three, use specific repeatable encouragement Rather than fluffy praise, for example, instead of like, good job, you're so smart, say, wow, you really studied hard for that test and it paid off. Hmm. Um, And the last advice, number four, have regular family meetings, even if it's just to tell jokes or play games. Use the time to show gratitude to each other and problem solve things like scheduling conflicts. Coming up, what happens when you ban all smartphones from young people? How would your son or daughter feel if you got rid of their smartphone for good? There's a, a boarding school in Massachusetts called Buxton School. Yeah. They got rid of it. And good the kids them. love it. Good for them. They actually talk to each other and, uh, and just enjoy that interaction and being social. The author of a fascinating book called Dopamine Nation says getting addicted to a device or a screen is very similar to getting addicted to any other substance. Mm. Our brains create a dopamine deficit, and it feels very much like a clinical depression or an anxiety disorder. We then use our devices just to bring us back to baseline, and she recommended a month fast from screens for a young man who is addicted to video games. 30 days is about the average time it takes to restore normal dopamine firing. Hmm. So he put everything away for a month. He went into withdrawal. But by week three and four, he was feeling so much better, better than he had in years. He said to me, I'm actually going downstairs, having a conversation with my mother and enjoying that conversation. Imagine Mm. how many parents that's your dream come true. Your kids actually talk to you. And so then, you know, they went on in this interview. It was fascinating, by the way. Um, How do you function in normal society, especially as adults? We're addicted to to devices. And you actually have to be intentional 
what am I going to do when I get on this device? What am I going on to it for? And then even set a timer yeah. for how long you're going to be on it. Adults are different. Where our brains are developed and we can we have decision-making ability that kids don't. And my wife and I, my gosh, we were just talking about this yesterday. It's like our show, it's like you were eavesdropping on us. And if I, I this is my thing, guys. If I can, if you're thinking like, you know what, for Christmas this year, we're going to get our kids iPhones. Can I beg you, do not do it. The second you put that iPhone in your kids' hands, you stop being the main influence in your life. You don't mean it. You don't intend it. I know you're thinking that's not going to be us. It will be. It will be. They, their peers and people they've never even met are going to influence their thoughts about about Christ, about you, about the world, about how things are way more than you are. Your voice will get, your voice will become a, an annoying whisper way in the background. And that's it. So please, if you're thinking of getting your kid a phone for Christmas, I beg you, do not. So let's talk about this technology. And, uh, and if you are a mom or a dad and you've been thinking, I'm going to get the kids a phone. Would love to have you call in and let's talk through What's going on in your family and what? why you're thinking, yes, let's do it. Or maybe you've thought about it and you're still putting up that wall and saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm not getting you a phone. What's, what side of that discussion are you on with your kids right now and how's it going? We'd love to hear about you because I'm telling you, the struggle is real. It is, it is hard. I have been there. Hey, hey Jimmy, we're talking about iPhones and technology and our kids. And uh, where are you uh, with ha- letting your kids have technology? So I have a 15-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and a 9-year-old son. Um, both so you, of them, you of are course, in the thick of it then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I had to make that call recently. Um, I actually opted to get them iPads because, you know, of course, it's a case where I want them to be able to have access to, call, you know, call me um, specifically. But I wanted to limit that accessibility to just the overexposure of every other influence they have, like you were mentioning earlier. Um, you know, I, I definitely value imparting on them, like relationship with God, relationship with family are so important. And yeah. when mm-hmm. you're stuck to a screen, you know, depending on what you're looking at, you may be totally taken off that path, you know? Yeah. Right. And then are you having to limit, limit G Marie, like the, the iPad time, like set a timer? That's what I was going to say. Like, that was something I really took into consideration. Um, there's a thing like, well, I have AT&T, and I don't know if this is across the board with all, you know, providers, but it allows you to manage their access. So from contact to screen time to app access to everything. And I like having that because I can, you know, I can say I give them two hours a day, uh, mainly on the weekends, because during the week we have, you know, our schedules and so forth. So it just allows me to say, okay, look, we're going to set a limit. You know, you know that you have that two hours. Um, You know, they, YouTube is not a friend of mine. So (laughs) tell us about that. Has there been a time where they've gone and, and you've gone and looked to see what they're looking at? And you're like, oh my gosh, why are you looking at this on YouTube? Yeah, it's more like they it's more of a thing where they don't search it out, it just falls upon them, right? right like yeah. there's things out there yeah. they don't even know exist until it pops up on their screen. Right. You know? And that's yeah, that's my whole point. Is there there are people and things and bots or whatever on yeah. there that they are out 
to get your kid, period. That's it. Yeah. That's what they want to do. They want your kid's eyes and attention. And it works yeah. against so many of the things that you spent nine and 15 years trying to instill in them. It works right. completely against it. And unless you're on top of it, you'll mom and dad, you'll never know. You'll have right. no idea why my kid all of a sudden doesn't want to go to youth group. Why all of a sudden my kid right. is anti the church. What what happened? Yep. And it's something they've been watching that you don't even know about on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Well, hang in there. It is it is a tough battle. We're talking about that dopamine nation, how we're all addicted to a device, especially our kids. And Joel, you did something pretty dramatic in your daughter's life. Yeah, she was starting to kind of act up at school and we had seen some messages we didn't like and you know kind of already knew that she was looking at things that we really didn't approve of and we had had conversations with her but with the the behavior at school and skipping classes and stuff like that it was like nope this is done Mm. um so we kind of uh we took her back to the amish lifestyle yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, I hurt my daughter's feelings for about 24 hours. And after 24 hours to, I'd maybe say maybe 48, like we saw a totally different daughter. Wow. She's hanging out with her siblings. She's talking to her mom. She's coming out of her room. Like she just generally wants to be part of the family. Wow. And then her uh. teachers are even saying like she's asking for extra work and she's, you know, trying to do more stuff at school. And it's like, I know a little bit of that's trying to earn back the the privileges that she has because she knows I feel like all that <laughs> stuff is a privilege, not a right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like wow. I know some of it's trying to earn it back, but um, what she has now found out is that Nokia still makes bar phones. <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. So rewind to the moment when you bought her that phone, you put it in her in her hand. If you could whisper in your ear some advice in that moment, what would it be? Scream in my face, do not do it. Mm, do wow. not do it. Wow. That's Me powerful. too. It's, the same. it's not worth it. I mean, it, it, it's 100% right. It's the same thing you guys have been saying all morning. It's the, the influences that the world has on our children that we are not aware of that mm-hmm. are within that device. Mm. So and glad like, you got your no daughter back, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had all the software set up. I had access. I had the passwords, and she's still getting to things that we didn't. Want right, to do. right. It, it's going to happen. They 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 are smarter than we give them credit for. <laughs> and, sneaky. and sneaky and too, their right? Friends help them. <laughs> yep. And their friends help them. They teach them how to be underhanded. So. Mm. You know, it's an uphill battle. And I, if I if I can do one thing, I'm going to try to tell parents, don't do it. OK, I don't know about you, but I feel like we're taking the early bird gets the worm a little too far. And that is with our Christmas decorating. And it becomes this peer pressure thing. Like, here's the deal. My sister and her husband, I find out. They put all their stuff up already, except the outdoor stuff. They feel like it's too soon for the outdoor decorations. Their house, though, is a winter wonderland. Their house is a Christmas wonderland. And I had already said to my husband, I'm like, listen, we're missing out on two full weekends in December. We're going to be traveling. We got to get our stuff up early because (laughs) we're going to be gone and I want to enjoy it. So after that peer pressure of seeing photos on their phone the other night of their beautiful tree already up, okay, we got started. We no. at least got all the stuff down from the attic. There might have been some <laughs> choice <and> words. <laughs> it was a little stressful. For a guy you got it. You got it. Wait, wait, I don't have it. Hey, don't let go yet. Please.
<laughs> Glenn's hanging for dear life from a rafter. <laughs> oh, and then I started working on, um, we have this staircase and I was putting garland on it. Well, and you're all in. I've got that's the garland is up. I, that's all. I, I totally ran out of time after that. I had other commitments. Uh-huh. But the garland on wow. the staircase is up, lit. The ribbon is on. I had to do start and stop and start mm. and stop. And I said, Christmas is so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said that at one point. And my husband, I always said to my husband, I went, Merry Christmas. Because <laughs> I was so crabby. But now it's up. And it looks pretty. And Glenn just goes, as long as you're happy. Right. Now it's up and all is joyful. <laughs> Coming up, check out what a local restaurant did for a long-time customer. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Wait till you hear what a local restaurant did for a long-time customer. For the sixth year in a row, Chick-fil-A in Florida celebrated the birthday of Mr. Steve, who's been coming to the restaurant on a regular basis for over 20 years. Well, he just celebrated... His 104th birthday. Wow. Back when he turned 100, they gave him Chick-fil-A for life. (laughs) Whoops. And uh, (laughs) the employees adore Mr. Steve, saying he's the sweetest, most genuine, kind, and humble person they've ever had the pleasure to know. They said he always gives the best advice about life, about what's really important, and expressed a genuine interest in everybody's lives. Man, I just, I think we all need to be more like Mr. Steve. Yes. What a guy. And when he was 100 and they gave him Chick-fil-A for life, they (laughs) thought it was a safe bet. (laughs) Mr. Steve said, hold my waffle fries. (laughs) Watch this. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Do you ever think about your life and maybe something happens at your house and you're like, okay, the neighbors think we're crazy. The neighbors are pretty sure we're nuts. That happens on the regular in my house, by the way. But something the other day happened that my wife was like, they all think we're nuts. And on that one incident alone, I would agree. Yes, they think we're nuts. But now what we've done because of that incident just adds to the crazy. I'll tell you what's going on and why our neighbors think we're nuts next. So with four kids and five, at one time, six dogs in our house, we've gotten used to the fact that we are the crazy people in the neighborhood. It's it's okay. We can live with that. But another short and certain sign that our neighbor's like, yep, they're nuts. Happened the other day. Um, You guys know we have five dogs, and they they are all hunting dogs. Even the greyhounds, if you look back at their lineage, they're hunting dogs. And three of them uh, are literal hunting dogs that we adopted, and they go nuts this time of the year with the squirrels. They just go absolutely crazy. Fast forward to yesterday, big box comes from Amazon. I'm like, ooh, what did I get? And I open the box, and there are two... You ever see those plastic owls that people put on like a barn or something yeah. to keep varmints away? There are two plastic owls. And I said, what's this? She goes, that's our anti-squirrel strategy. They don't like owls? Yeah. She, she said, them. I Googled it. And they said, the, the best thing you can do is get those fake owls and mount those on your fence or put them in your yard, wherever, um, and do that. So we got the owls. They're plastic. We filled them with sand last night. And I put one on one side of the fence. And the fence is, it's about, I'm going to say, 30 yards long. I mean, it's a long fence. One at one end of the fence, the other at the other end. And the way Tracy's like, no, 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 no. Have it looking down the fence. Like, so if it's if the squirrel starts running on the fence, it'll see those eyes and go, ah! 
<laughs> We're trying to get in the Do mine. they sit on the ground or they go up on the fence? They're up on top of the fence. Oh, They're wow. on like the runner of the fence. Okay. And we're trying to get in the mind of the squirrel to deter them <laughs> from running along the fence, which causes our dogs to go nuts. Now we have two giant yellow-eyed owls mounted on our fence. They probably just think you like owls. <laughs> I know someone who does. She has owl paintings, owl yeah, decor. That ain't us. I'm just hoping they do their job. And of course, I couldn't resist the temptation to have the owls talk to each other. And of course, the owl conversation was, who are you? <laughs> uh, the dad jokes never end. They don't. They don't. So I'll, I'll let you know how it goes with the owls. So we're talking about these goofy owls that now live in my backyard. These giant plastic owls that we have on each side of our fence. And the discussion that we had about where to put these owls. You can move them around, Taylor. You fill them with sand, and that keeps them from tipping over the top of the fence. The fence is about eight feet high, by the way. Was it hard for you to lift it up once you loaded it with sand? No. It's probably about maybe 20 pounds. Not eight foot. The fence is six foot high. And that's because our dogs are jumpers, and you got to have a fence that high to have these kind of dogs. So anyhow, we, we put the owls up there, and the first thing was, where do we put them? Tracy wanted them at opposite ends to keep this. She was like, you put them at the far ends, it'll keep them off the whole thing. I was like, no, 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 no. We need to put them about a quarter of the way on in on each side, and that way we cover 25% on each side of the, of the, of the owl. Then it's, then it's done. Again, we're trying to get in the head of the squirrel. <laughs> I just I just had to look up your owl on Amazon so I could see what it looks like. <laughs> There's giant yellow eyes. I put it on the floor for the dogs to check out at first because we're like the last thing we want is to solve the squirrel problem and create another one when they see the owls up there. Will they go nuts over the owls? So we right. put them on the floor so they could sniff them and see them and everything. And they were pretty okay with them in the house, but when we put them up on the fence, very very curious. They started barking at they them. They all ran to them. They didn't bark at them. They just ran right to their like underneath of them and were staring at them. And one dog even jumped up, paws extended, trying to like get closer to it. Right. So, like a nature film in my backyard every day. Between the squirrels, the plastic owls, the dogs, my screaming wife. We should have a reality show, I'm telling you. Talk about must-see TV. That would be it. Just the crazy stuff that goes on with us. So my wife, she is full in. She loves following the royal family. And she is full on with watching The Crown. We've watched every season binge watched every season up till now like right when it comes out and uh season five just came out so we're we're in the middle of it and i'll sit there and google stuff while we're watching the crown did this really happen did that really happen sometimes you have to hunt around to find the truth but there's someone in the know that is warning this is fictitious this is not real and it's diana it's her brother charles spencer Um, The quote that I heard him say is, the worry for me is people see a program like The Crown and they forget it's it's fiction. He said they assume, especially Americans, that because they've watched The Crown, they've taken a history lesson. (laughs) Well, they haven't. And he finished by saying there's an awful lot of conjecture and a lot of invention. So he's saying that it's not. It's It's not not, a documentary. He's saying it's not accurate and not 100 percent fair. To mm, that's gonna be sister. frustrating for them. Yeah, yeah. That would be on, hurtful. One, on one hand, frustrating, yes. But on the other hand, the only reason that they keep being royals is because people are interested. Yeah. And the crown has been good for business. <laughs> so ah, despite okay. the historical inaccuracies, I don't think it's I don't think it's hurt. 
the next couple of generations from continuing to live the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed, right? So, hmm. so it's a it's a double edged sword, I'm sure. I'm excited about checking in with our producer Griffin in just a minute. Yeah, He's got up? a seven year old and a five year old, mm-hmm. and the theme of what he wants to talk about is oh, the things moms and dads do for their kids. <laughs> All right, we'll check in with Griff next. So uh, Griff is in the studio with us now, and uh, Taylor was just saying, Griff, that um, you and Sarah. Are, uh, are doing a lot for the kids. It's oh, yeah. amazing how much you do for your kids. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, my daughter, she's obsessed with this show on Netflix. It's a kid's show called Gabby's Dollhouse. Mm. Huh. Um, Never heard of it. Lots of girls her age, like five, six, even younger, are really into it. It's a big deal. There's all kinds of toys. Eloise has the dollhouse oh, from wow. Gabby's dollhouse, all these other toys and stuff. Action figures sold separately. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Stuff's not cheap. Um, well, right. we found out Gabby was going to be at a Walmart <gasps> by our house. Oh, after my. school one day. No oh, kidding. My yes. Goodness. Gabby's going to be there. She's like, hey, we should take Eloise to this. This would be great. It'd be fun. I didn't think it was going to be as big of a deal as it oh, was. No. We yeah. show oh, up. No. Line wraps around the Walmart. Yes. <laughs> there's a line like all the way down through the Walmart. All these little girls oh. in line. And it's like, you know, middle of the afternoon. Yeah. People are just there to meet Gabby. Everyone wants to see Gabby. Griff rolls up and says, don't you people have jobs? I am. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Had you already told her why you were there? Oh, yeah. We told her we we're going to go oh, there. No. And, like the, the van is we'll parked m- outside. We'll make that mistake oh. again. So we get, we get in ship. line. Okay. No, we were going to do it. We got in line, and it took about 45 minutes oh. <laughs> to meet this person in a costume. Um, no, <laughs> it was the real Gabby. to meet Gabby. Gabby. <laughs> to meet Gabby. And we get up there, and you can get a picture with Gabby and everything. And, of course, Eloise, we've talked about it. She's kind of introverted at yes. times. Uh, she was scared to get a picture with Gabby. No. She waited 45 minutes and then she wouldn't go up and get well, a picture. Well, she would go up. Uh, my wife had to end up holding her in the picture. Uh. Like, she wouldn't even just do it with her brother. Like, mommy had to hold her. And then, like, we're, like smile, Eloise. She wouldn't even look at the camera. Right. She's got a serious say, face on. You got, a, you, got no. a, you got a picture of Gabby and your wife looking at the camera yep. and the back of Eloise's yep. head. She's got Are all her serious? hair in front of her face. You can't even see her face. Oh, I, we have to uh, share yeah. that in the Kevin I'll, and Terry I haven't seen the picture yeah. yet. So you do this whole thing, this whole ordeal. And then, all right, there you go. Oh man! So do the, the whole thing, and then your parents do for their kids. You're driving away, and she's like, "Can I try again?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Dad says the line's no. three times as long now. Can we please? I promise, I'll get in the picture. I promise. <laughs> well, we do do a lot for our kids, don't we? The things we do for our kids. Griff and uh, Griff and Sarah just took her. Took their daughter, Eloise, to meet one of her favorite characters, waited in line for 45 minutes, and then the child refused to smile for the camera or even really show her face. We just saw the picture, the picture. and it's hilarious. I think a lot of parents uh. have been there at Christmas time, right? Wait in line to see Santa, and then the kid's terrified and oh, crying yeah. when they get mm-hmm. to meet Sammy. I mean, they even have books out, crying pictures with Santa, right, of kids just losing it. So funny. When is so a time that you went way above and beyond for your kids? Would love to hear from you. Hey, Allison, it's Kevin and Taylor. So we're talking about those extremes that parents go through for their kids. You got a good story for us? I am the Army National Guard. And I remember when I first left, I told my parents that I wanted to save up money and pay them to redo the business. Uh, for, you know, kind of like a, not a bedroom or like a, kind of like a cave. To redo your basement? Is that what you said? Redo your basement? Yeah. And awesome. my parents for the longest time, they said, well, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. 
And lo and behold, I come back from training six months later, and the entire basement has been redone <gasps> so that I can live down there with them because my parents didn't want me to leave the house when I oh. came back. <laughs> and then a couple months later, my parents surprised me, took me to a dealership, and decided that they were going to buy me my first car. Wow. Oh. At 19. <laughs> Very nice. Awesome parents. Yeah. That is such a great story. You know, they've been a blessing to me, and I want to be a blessing to them as well. Oh, if your parents are listening, they're crying. Thank you so much for your service, too. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for your support. So we're talking about sacrifices that uh, parents make on behalf of their kids. And um, and I just had so many flood of memories of especially my mom. Uh, When my parents split up, she was a single mom. She never in her life envisioned that she would get divorced or be a single parent. But yet there there she was after 16 years of marriage. And uh, it was just me and her. And um, she knew that I was missing my dad. And like he'd come home from work and that pretty much every day he'd come home from work and we'd play catch out in the front yard. And she knew I was like, I was missing that. My mom is A, non-athletic and B, has no interest in athletics at all. And she tried to learn how to throw a football so we could play catch in the front yard. And she knew it wasn't the same, but she tried for me. And now looking back as an adult, I can so appreciate Mm. everything. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of stuff that she tried to do. So single moms who are out there, single dads, uh, man, your kids, when they might not be able to express it right now, but when they're adults, they're going to look back and see how much you did for them in a really, really mm-hmm. tough time when it would have been really easy just to turn inward and mope and palp. But no, you pick yourself up and you go, okay, there's more than me involved here. Yeah. So thanks, mom, for doing all that.